Welcome to today's CIT Tech for Business podcast. Today we're sitting down with Kyle and Jake to kick off our IT budgeting series. With we're going to be chatting about today is budgeting for moving to the cloud. Um, let's start it off with you guys both introducing yourself to our audience today. Thanks, thanks, Tara. Um, my name is Kyle Adam, the president and CEO at CIT. I've uh, been with the organization now. Uh, Going in 29 years, um, uh, just love this topic. Very passionate about uh, cloud and cloud services. And I am Jake Williamson. I've been at CIT for about 10 years now, uh, and I'll lead up our cloud services department. I manage that team of field resources who do project-based work surrounding what we're going to talk about today. Thanks, Jake and Kyle. I appreciate that. Um, we're going to kick it off today by explaining the cloud. Tell me what that is. The cloud, awesome. Uh, has lots of lots of different meanings depending on who you ask, right? Um, but everybody is using it at some some degree today in some sort of fashion. Um, the cloud is is really taking the IT resources that you that you use to communicate, to work, to access resources, share files, and work through things, but hosting that on an externally hosted solution, right? Managed in the cloud, right? Somewhere in a, a data center. Probably in the United States, you know, somewhere near where you live, but um, something that's not managed at your office anymore. You don't have to carry the overhead of the hardware and the software behind it. Something that you pay Microsoft to do that for you. Yeah, just just to kind of add on that. It's also uh, usually associated from a financial standpoint of of a subscription based service where you're not outright purchasing software or hardware any longer, but you're subscribing to the services and allows for the scalability side of it. So Jake mentioned on the Microsoft side could be email, um, you know, but we all use it in our personal lives into services such as Spotify and all these other areas where you're just consuming, you just pay for the right to consume. And that's uh, that that's one of the biggest powers of the, of the uh, cloud services that are available out there is just that scalability and the ability to adjust costs. Awesome. And kind of looking at our IT budgeting part of this, right? That's what is the cloud? If somebody was looking to migrate into the cloud, what would that first step look like? So the first step is is analyzing your current environment, taking a look at what do you have for resources today? Uh, most most customers are utilizing cloud services across the board, right? And one thing we like to do is is pull those together and utilize a single source of licensing that can manage multiple aspects for you. Um, we have to take a look at your your on-premise environment and look at how do we want to build this thing out in the future? How should we structure it for the long term? Um, we want to handle the immediate needs, but we also want to structure it out for those long-term goals and get away from the conventional architecture like we've been building it today. Um, Kyle, any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's also um, aligns with the user impact side of that. There's there's a training aspect to it with many many customers. As you get into these cloud services, you find there are bundling or a lot of additional services that come along with it. And uh, we look at like Office 365. It's a very common topic where they move to there for email services is maybe where they started um, and, and teams over the last few years with the pandemic side of that. But then they come back and start to look at, you know, additional services such as 
you know, file storage with OneDrive and um, even data analytics with Power BI and a number of different tools that are available. There's just, there's a lot of additional services that, you know, users need to be introduced to. There's new ways to work and collaborate that come with these services. And you want to take an approach to, you know, bring the training aspect in there and at least get some understanding and start to have a plan. It's never a boom, it's there. It, it's a work in progress um, to get there, but there's a tremendous value overall if you uh, do take that approach to really holistically look at your workflows and your collaboration and your other areas because um, you're, you're paying that expense and you can really drive the most value by leveraging those areas. So it's it's quite a feat to to take what you have today and figure out, okay, how do we get to the cloud? We want to get there, right? And that's that's what we spend most of our time talking with customers on is what is the the first step and how do we start introducing the cloud into their environment? A lot of customers are already there to some degree, right? We've touched that a couple of times. Um, so really stepping back, taking a look at their on-premise environment. What are they using today? How can we take these? Move these to cloud-based solutions. Um, one thing that's used quite a bit is a term called um, software as a service, where you're actually paying a company to host your email for you, um, host your Microsoft Teams, your OneDrive, your SharePoint storage, things like that, where you can get away from having an on-premise SharePoint server, an on-premise Exchange server, a file server for managing managing these things. Um, so you take a look at everything they have in your organization and, and how your end users are able to work today, and you start structuring that out and basing that up in, in a cloud-based solution for you so you can start minimizing that on-site overhead that you've been carrying to date. Yeah, and that really, that's that. going back to the budget um, topic side with that, you know, the, the impact to the budgeting side of those is, you know, no longer having to, you know, do the five-year pre-purchase of storage and servers, and even from your, you know, if you have IT on-site support or even outside support, you know, typically Exchange and those other side and SharePoint, those are large, um, you know, service-based products for on-site. They require, um, you know, quite a bit of administration. They require, you know, data backups, not only for the storage and uh, but also for the recovery and those things. So there's ramifications of the impact of the overall budget that really starts to come into play that are no longer necessary because um, they're just part of that monthly reoccurring or annual spend. Yeah, one thing to think about too is the the amount of workforce that's working remotely now too, right? We're not all working inside of the office anymore where we have to access the files that are sitting right down the hallway in the server closet, right? We need to be able to access these things from home. Um, from all, all sorts of locations. A lot of companies are hiring staff that are working in other states, CIT included. Uh, we have people all across the all across the country. So uh, we're able to, to utilize these utilities to make their ability to work even easier for them and it keeps it secure, right? We're knocking down holes that are open into the environment by securing them through third-party um, cloud-based solutions. And we're able to put security and structure around that too. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And again, we talked about the pandemic briefly uh, going through that, but um, you know, there's been a lot of client requests. There certainly was over the last two years to make uh, you know accessibility to the systems and and the collaboration tools and how they do their job. Um, you know, and many customers that had to deal with VPNs, it was problematic. 
not only from scalability to suddenly having going from a, a few users needing to remote access to an entire workforce, you know, presented a lot of scalability challenges, accessibility and data access, um, where customers that were on a cloud platform and more mature side with it, it was it was far more seamless and it was the impact of the business was greatly minimized and allowed for a tremendous flexibility um, with that. So it's, uh, you know, there's, there is a, that's a, that's a tremendous point, Jake, to kind of get to is just that accessibility with a work anywhere style technology that the cloud services really provide. Yeah. So I think we've identified quite a few reasons as to why we should move to the cloud, right? Um, and services that are managed in the cloud that would be beneficial to most customers. Now we kind of talk about the fun part of moving to the cloud and that's designing it, um, <laughs> right? I, I know that's my favorite part. I don't know about you, Kyle. I think you, <laughs> I think you enjoy designing it too. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, you know, again, it is the understanding and, and spending time to learn how you how your users work and, and where all your data lives and how they interact. Um, you know, Jake alluded to this earlier. There's, there's, there's a lot of work and a lot of discussions that really need to happen because it's people have become comfortable and just creatures of habit, knowing and just assuming things to work. Um, but we hear that often to say, "I want to move my file server to the cloud," and it's just not as simple as moving the files. <laughs> Obviously, there's a there's a tremendous impact to the workflow of the users that need to be analyzed as well as obviously the types of files and how they're using the files and the engineering drawings. Is it Word or Excel and PowerPoint or typical collaborative files? There's just, a, there's a lot there. There's a lot of questions to be asked um, to make sure that the move to the cloud is successful. And in many cases, it's not an all or nothing proposition. You don't have to do it all at the same time and you don't have to do it all. Um, you know, you can move move strategic work um, such as email and teams and start having departmental collaboration even to make those things. But, um, you know, that's why we have a team like Jake's to, kind of, you know, go through and, and map this out because it is a it is a specialized area that has evolved out of um, uh, IT projects to really understand this. Yeah. Yeah, so we see a lot of customers that move, they start with maybe email, right? They move their email to Office 365 and then they said, well, let's move into SharePoint and Microsoft Teams and OneDrive, right? Let's move to a modern desktop, right? And so that's a, a very natural uh, migration to the cloud for customers to do. It works very well. Um, it's a huge undertaking to do it all at once. So it's important to start laying the groundwork, right? Um, from the start, figuring out how you want to structure this thing one year, two year, three or five years out, right? And that all comes into, you know, your on-premises hardware, like Casa talking about your servers that are expiring, your SANs that are expiring. You have Windows operating systems. You know, Windows Server 2012 is, is out the door in a year and a half or just under that, right? Um, so all those things come into strategically planning your migration to the cloud and how do we get there? So let's talk a little bit about Office 365 licensing and some cool features that you get with that. So uh, we talked about Exchange, we talked about um, SharePoint and Teams and OneDrive. I think most people kind of know what that stuff does and, and the things that that take care of for us. Uh, there's also a lot of security features involved with that. Mobile device management, um, controlling what users can access and controlling which users can access that data. 
um, and making sure your environment's secure, right? So when you move to the cloud, you want to make sure that we're positioning you in a safe and secure environment um, so that you don't have any breaches of your data, right? It's one of the biggest things that, that we've seen an uptick in is our security team securing these things down. So there's, aside from just planning out how do we get there, it's, it's securing our data and making sure we're secure once we're up there as well. Um, but it, it can be done in a lot of ways. It's, it's a lot easier and you have a lot more granularity and flexibility to secure these things in a cloud-based solution than you had on-premise as well. So um, it's a little scary, but it's a it's a good thing and you just have to uh, kind of know what you're doing to get structured correctly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's, uh, you know, security is a, is a big part of this and I you hear both sides of those equations where certain customers feel there's a lack of security because they can't see it um, and touch it and they're releasing control of their data by moving to the cloud. Um, but in many cases, you look, if you work with our security team and you look at security experts, it's actually you know considered to be a more secure um, in, environment. If you look at the, the resources and um, that are available on an organization such as Microsoft, you know, the, the thousands of security specialists they have, the, you know, the, the secured by design approach that it has, um, it's really difficult to match. Um, and it's continuously in a continuous development cycle. So it's able to respond much quicker than on-site deployment adjustments to new modern threats as they evolve. Um, you know, Microsoft has integrated, you know, risk analysis into the 365, for example. I mean, you can run a report and understand your overall risks um, and, and point those out. It's, and you eliminate other factors. When you do with on-premise, we're not only dealing with, say, an Exchange server or SharePoint server, you know, we're dealing with a firewall and other access to it. So you got multiple points of entry that you have to try to secure to go through those things. And if you want to introduce multi-factor into that, you got yet another product, you know, so there's there's a lot of moving parts to manage. And you also don't tend to have those specialists on site to handle those things where 365 certainly can. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's a big value to that. Um, and the last year and a half, we saw a number of, of on-premise exchange vulnerabilities that, uh, you know, had number of zero days that were that were pretty significant um, and, and caused uh, caused caused a lot of uh, press around that side of it. Whereas 365 was not affected, um, which is which is get a good proof point of of what we just said to kind of start off that security discussion. Is it is it is viewed as a more secured way to go? Yeah. Okay. So kind of reeling it back into to budgeting a little bit. Um, and, and what we have to look at as we're planning a migration out there, like Kyle said, there's there's a lot of different things that we have to account for, right? So included with, let's say, a Microsoft Office 365 license, if you're to talk about like a business premium license, you get most all of those security features included in that suite. Um, you get the capability of doing email, file sharing, file storage, Microsoft Teams communications, meetings. Uh, we can also do phone systems in Microsoft Teams now, right? So we're pulling all that under one big platform so you can have ease of use across your, your user base for using all these utilities. Um, there's a lot of other third-party solutions that we have to think about as well. Um, when it comes to your compliance requirements, we have some customers that, that need to do email encryption, um, archiving, and backup. 
and spam filtering capabilities. Um, Microsoft does have the, the capability doing a lot of these features. Um, we have a lot of our customers use third-party solutions as well, and those are all subscription-based models too. So all things to, to keep in mind as you're budgeting this out and planning this out are those, those additional kind of add-ons that we need to think about. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a great point. And I know um, it gets asked from time to time, why not just keep it all in Microsoft versus using, you know, those third parties you mentioned side with it. And it's usually about uh, an overall functionality and ease of management side of it and kind of core line of business discussion side. Um, I know we, um, for email encryption, as you mentioned, Zix is a common one we usually, you know, find customers that are, you know, prefer that particular product just because it has some value as far as its direct inbox to inbox over Microsoft's native side of it. Um, so as, as Jake alluded to, it's just, it's another discussion. Uh, do, the, is there significant value in these third parties based on their management and other feature functions or other bundling services, uh, such as the backup to not have all your data all into the same provider? You know, there's some strategic reasons to consider it. Um, and it's just part of the overall budget discussion. All right. Uh, we've talked a lot about the software as a service solutions. Let's touch a little bit on infrastructure um, hosting capabilities because there's there's still going to be a need for Windows servers in a lot of capacity with a lot of customers. Um, and just because you need that Windows server doesn't mean you have to keep it in house as well. There's um, hosting solutions for hosting server based solutions in the cloud as well. Uh, Microsoft Azure is one that we work with a lot. Um, uh, Google AWS platform, things like that. Um, so what we can do is spin up uh, Windows servers in the cloud. Those are very scalable, right? So you can start with a you know minimum amount of resources that you need, and you pay for what you consume on those. Um, we're able to kind of price those out ahead of time and give a pretty good estimate as to what those um, costs are going to be on those types of resources. Um, not every resource can be moved to a cloud-based solution as well. Um, there are some things that require that that physical connection, right? Ports on the back of a server, things like that, that you just can't move to a, a virtual cloud-based solution. But you know, a lot of things you really can. Um, so we just have to take a look at what all those items are that we need to host up there, um, how we want to structure that out. We design it, give an estimate as to what that monthly cost would be. Uh, you kind of move from there on your budgeting. So anything to add on that, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. I, there's a whole. A very large menu of services in that Azure space of, of just infrastructure, but also even just database or web or, you know, so you can have your application just hosted in the cloud without the need for the server. Um, the other part I really like on the uh, Azure infrastructure, if you do do a Windows server or you do a database server, there is the integration of the licensing into that monthly expense too. And that, um, Anybody who's ever worked with, say, Microsoft licensing knows it can be very confusing um, and the, on the old traditional model of saying how many users are accessing, are we doing per user, is it per desktop, is it per CPU or core, you know, there, there's a lot <laughs> to understand and if you've ever had the unfortunate side of coming under Microsoft audit, you know, it's it's confusing and then you have that unexpected expense because maybe you're under license and you weren't planning on it. Um, this simplifies that because it's just, it's part of the spend. Um, you know, if you have a Windows server, the user cows are incorporated into that, um, into that access license for it. So, you know, there's, there, there's a far reaching budget consideration again, just for that. Um, 
reason to do that as well. And obviously it means that you're available for the current license version of Windows as well. So as you continue that spend, if you need to go to the newer version of, of Windows Server that's available, you can do so. Yeah, yeah. And Microsoft does offer a lot of things for reserved instance licensing. You sign a commitment for X amount of terms and you get some cost savings on that monthly spend as well to, to lower that monthly expense too. So it's all yep. stuff to look at. Um, great. Great. Yeah, we, we, we could talk a little bit about, you mentioned the modern desktop side of it. That's the other piece. Um, you know, we talked about email, uh, a little bit about database and teams and the collaboration, some of the file stuff with it. Active Directory for the user side of it is, is kind of the next frontier side of cloud services as Microsoft has been um, evolving, you know, identity management and those other components of of user repository, user permissions, and user controls and, and device control sides of it. And, and that's what they do at their endpoint manager and all, you know, slash Intune, a uh, couple of different brand names it's known by nowadays. Um, but it, as Jake mentioned, it's it's integrated into most Microsoft modern uh, 365 licensing suite stuff on it. And customers moving to that, what Microsoft will call that is a modern desktop where it is fundamentally it's cloud joint. It doesn't require active directory to it. And if you, when we talked about that remote work side with it, the power here is, is the users are not by that active directory server. They're in their home, they're in a coffee shop, they're in a hotel, they could be anywhere in the world side with it. As long as they have internet connectivity, they are authenticated, they have policy and control and they're managed by, you know, the corporate uh, policies and government, you know, and you can review the users and the device from a security standpoint, and ensure they have access to the resources through that, um, which is really, you know, truly is a modern approach to that. And um, the way we would approach that typically from a budget standpoint is to start looking at new procurements of devices and start putting those on to the cloud joint why you still have active directory in place and start making that plan to make those moves to eventually in a you know two three uh three year time period that eventually would would pull back on the need for the active directory but it's 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 a plan and it's an approach and that approach does work you can coexist during that period of time until you've you've been able to make that full adjustment um, and the easiest is when you buy new devices um, and you go with, they have a, you know, a program called Autopilot, which will essentially make provisioning of those things an automatic thing where you can send an employee a desktop. They're automatically registered with, with your company's subscription and they can log into that, open it out of the box, log in and, and have the apps pushed down to it and then be able to continue to work. So very powerful, very, uh, very impressive technology. Yeah, awesome. Works very well, and it's a lot of value you get out of that Microsoft licensing. It may seem like a lot at first, but when you really break apart the abilities that you have with that and all the different things that you can remove from your current expense list and utilize that one license set for it, you really, you really see the value inside of it. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, of course, moving to the cloud, um, we don't just flip a switch and it's there, right? We have to get <laughs> that stuff there. Um, so part, part of budgeting moving to the cloud is, of course, the migration to get there. Um, the nice part about most of these migrations to the cloud, these software as a service solutions, these are kind of a one-time migration. You don't have to worry about moving it again, right? You don't have to upgrade the server in five years and do another migration and spend the whole weekend working with your end users. 
Um, so you have to look at migrating those across, getting that done that one time um, and migrating that across is, is easier now than it used to be. Microsoft's come a long ways and made it a lot easier um, to do that. Um, some of the things like uh, hosted uh, Windows servers in Azure, you still kind of have to, to plan out those upgrades, those operating system upgrades and those legacy application upgrades through the course of, of that lifespan of that database. Uh, those applications, but yeah, most things like uh, your your email suite, your your SharePoint, your Teams, your OneDrive, you move them there, and you don't have to worry about moving it again. Yeah, and even even your Office suite, you know, becomes auto upgrading at that point, even to even to the full local installs, it's, it's continuously you know streams and pushes the updates to it, so it isn't that whole lift. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about the Windows Windows operating system on your computer is moving to more of a, a smaller update based cycle instead of doing the Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows 12, right? Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. I mean, to minimize those touches and to get down to, you know, I think similarly, I like to compare it to like the our what we've come to know with our mobile devices between our, you know, our, our Apple phones and our Google phones and those other sides of those of being able to, you know, just get a, a software update over the over the internet, and boom, you have the new interface and you have the new system sides of it. You know, the the desktops are moving in a very, uh, you know, they're they're coming together. It's pretty much getting to be this similar style of experience. Albeit in a corporate environment, you need to have policies and controls obviously in place so you can govern your your risks and compliance needs where where they apply. Yeah, lots of functionality. It feels like that's the way it should be, though. We're in 2022. These things should be easier <laughs> for end users and easier for us to manage. And and moving to cloud-based solutions is certainly making it that way. So, yeah, I, I I love you know many of the cloud services. One of the aspects you see evolve is a lot of self-service IT out of those sides. You know, and we're in the IT services business side of it. But even you know just to keep the users productive and being able to do things. That require you know self-service password resets and um, you know being able to get through common techniques on um, Intune, being able to you know re-image a device without having to physically touch a device, you know, as things that are possible. So it's very very efficient um, to allow users to stay productive without having to wait on a, on a resource, and it keeps your IT resources then that on working on line of business applications and business data. So they're actually helping the business, you know, grow and, and become better versus, you know, your standard maintenance work that, uh, you know, can be very costly. All right. Let's see, any any last budgeting tips or advice you have, Kyle? I think um, if I was to add any, it would just be trying to consolidate, consolidate these things together, um, get the most out of that licensing that you have. We see a lot of customers that, that have the capability to do much more and they're not doing it quite yet. Um, they may be a, a, just some reluctancy to get to that point, but um, we can help you figure that out. And it's a lot of value add and benefit to doing that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, it's all about just planning, really, and then understanding that you don't have to do it all at once as well. But if you're if you start now and you start having discussions and work, at, you know, a three year plan is pretty typical. Side of those is you're looking at what's aging out and what's coming in. Having that focus and that approach is, is going to make this a manageable process and you're, it'll allow for not only for you from a budgetary standpoint and costs and, and dollar spend, but also from the user impact side of it, which is, which is a big part of this as well to say, we want to make this move. I want to do it in a cost effective plan manner. 
Um, similarly, I can take my budget, roll into these new cloud services, and then be able to train and slowly improve our collaboration for our company and our tools um, to improve and allow them to evolve for the next uh, number of years. Uh, customers that are able to manage and do that well, I think have a very, you know, extremely positive approach uh, and feeling with the cloud and continuously want to invest more and, and find ways to help them work better. Yeah, it's always fun to speak with customers that are, you know, reluctant to make that jump and kind of they really ease into it. And then you, you do that touch base with them a month after the migration, six months after the migration. They're like, this is the best thing in the world. I'm so happy we moved here and trending towards that is a good thing. So over all the years we've done this, Jake, have you ever had any customers say, move me back? Uh, maybe one or two, but yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you say one or two. I've never had anybody come to it. It's always been uh, a joke. I don't. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning. I don't think I, I really have had anybody move back. I've never done an on-premise migration back to Exchange. Yeah, we 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 turn the other way, and and people love it, and they're happy with it, and they 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 see the value in it. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's been that's been my approach to it. Even the customers that were hesitant, like you mentioned beforehand, but they're they're after having the experience side with it. I have never heard them say that, boy, I think that was a mistake. Um, it's fun when you see customers that that merge together, right? You get a company purchases another company merges together and you get somebody from the parent company that comes in and says, oh, well, we don't have teams. We can't use this. And that really fast tracks the process of moving some of these things up there to really see the value that you get in this stuff and move towards it. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Once you get them there, you'll probably find you could never take it back because <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll wonder how we ever worked without it in the past. Yep. Well, thank you, uh, Jake and Kyle. Um, this was a great podcast on budgeting and migrating to the cloud. It seems to be too, there's a lot of efficiencies um, gained as well with um, moving this into there. But as always, these guys love to talk and sometimes <laughs> can't it at times, but um, let us know too out there if you guys have any feedback for CIT by visiting cit-net.com forward slash podcast or by emailing us at info at cit-net.com. And we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.